three. Good morning, Syngap Land. My name is Michael Gralia, and this is episode 96 of Syngap 10. Today is Monday, March 6th. And last week, I was in Washington, D.C. with the Every Life Foundation doing federal advocacy. And if you remember one thing from this podcast, it is that you should have been there, and I am urging you to come next year. Come next year to Washington, D.C. for Rare Disease Week. Every single person there makes a difference. I want to tell you about my week. I hadn't done this before. I'd done it online, but I hadn't done it in person. And now that I've done it in person, I understand what the big deal is. First thing I want to say, you will notice, those of you watching on video, I am wearing a dashing red scarf. And you might be like, Mike, that's not your color. And you would be right. But the reason I'm wearing this scarf is that everybody who did this with RDLA, Rare Disease Legislative Advocates, got a red scarf so that when they walked around the hill, people knew, whoa, there's a lot of people with red scarves. Who are these people? What's going on? So that's what the red scarf is about. And I'm going to treasure this red scarf because I'm, I'm really inspired and impressed by what I saw and did last week and, and by the Every Life Foundation. So takeaway number one, the Every Life Foundation is an incredible foundation created by Dr. Emil Kakis. Dr. Kakis also created Ultragenics. He's a very smart man and the rare disease world is better for him. And he created the Every Life Foundation to do federal advocacy. And they do an incredible job of it. Frankly, no one else can touch them and no one else should try. We should all just work with and support the Every Life Foundation. So what they've been doing, I don't know how many years they've been doing this, but they have got it down, people. First link in the show notes is a link to Rare Disease Week. You can go, you can look at the paperwork, you can look at the agenda, you can look at the schedule, you can look at the registration link. And I want you to look at that because I want you to plan on being in D.C. for Rare Disease Week next year. We should storm the gates. Because let me tell you, it's so easy. First of all, whole thing's free. Second of all, you show up on this week. I don't know what the days will be next week, but let's assume they're the same. You show up on Tuesday, check into your hotel, go get a hotel. Wednesday, they have this huge meeting at the Reagan Center. For those of you in the DC, Reagan Center is a big building. And if you look at the picture on the cover of this episode, it's all the people who are there in the Reagan Center taking a picture. Hundreds of rare disease advocates from all over America. Full day of meetings, lunch, everything paid for, coffee, food, and they train you. They say, these are the issues. This is what's going on at the FDA. We're going to ask We're going to ask for four things. We're going to ask for the congressperson to join the rare disease caucus so that we have a caucus on Capitol Hill. We're going to ask them to support this letter that... Um, that encourages the FDA to pull, build a working group on rare disease. Guess what? They don't have one. And we didn't get that in the STAT Act last year. We're going to ask you to support the Benefit Act, which I'm going to talk about more. And we're going to ask for these appropriations. Boom, boom, boom. One of which, by the way, was defining ultra-rare disease, which I'm going to come back to as well. But so that was day Wednesday, right? Go explaining to you what the asks are. And then guess what? You get this cool little app on your phone and you register in advance. And the app says you're meeting with this senator's office and this senator's office in the morning. And in the afternoon, you're meeting with your congressperson's office and the next congressperson next door and the congressperson next door. And you have to do zero work. This is all just done through the magic of the internet and paid consultants. And then you show up on Capitol Hill the next day. And you start the day with this, in this beautiful room in the Senate with a rare disease briefing and Dr. Kakis is speaking and some analysts are speaking and people from the Every Life are speaking. And you really get this beautiful view of what's going on with rare disease here in the United States of America. And then you walk into the offices of your electorate officials from your states. You talk about these issues and you're not being sent in alone. There's seasoned people who've done this for years. And then there's all these other rare disease people from your state. <clears throat> so me being from California, like there's only two senators, right? There were like 
15 of us who went to one Senate meeting. And I'm sitting there with the head of patient advocacy for the LGS Foundation, people in San Francisco who lead other foundations, my dear friend Jennifer Grossman-Sills, who leads um, Oker Chung something, something else. This is very some, of these, some of these diseases are ridiculous names. But anyway, incredible human beings walking into these offices, telling their stories to people from the office of the various officials. And so what, and then you walk out of that and you're like, okay, I get it. I understand what's going on at the federal level. I've met people who matter in offices of elected officials. Some of them actually care. And I've met a bunch of other rare disease people from my state who I don't even know. And we both had to fly to Washington for us to meet. And at the end of the day, you go to this wonderful reception, rare artist reception and blah, 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 blah. Two days, a day of training, a day of getting things done. Then you go home, cost zero, impact extraordinary. And I was sitting there the whole time. You know how I am. I go to something great. I come back. I tell you guys about it. I say, why weren't you there? <coughs> this is Washington. It's easy. It's a bajillion hotels. It's the capital. It's your house. And it's free because the Every Life Foundation is extraordinary. I cannot say that enough times. So there are a couple cool pictures. There's the picture in the Reagan building on the Wednesday and then there's a picture, picture on the steps of Capitol Hill on the Thursday. I put the Reagan building picture on the cover of this. I'm the purple sweater in the back, this sweater. The next day I wasn't there because I actually went to go meet with someone from um, F former Speaker Pelosi's office. Again, to talk about rare disease in the Rare Disease Caucus. She couldn't be on the caucus because before she was a speaker, so no caucuses, but now she can be. We got to get her in there because she's Representative Pelosi. Um, so that was just really exciting for me. And I got to tell you the thing that I got to talk about in these meetings and um, I want to tell you about, because I actually didn't realize it was a thing until I went to this training. I'm a little embarrassed to admit that. I'm going to admit it. The Benefit Act is currently before Congress. The Benefit Act requires the FDA to explain how they used patient voice in their decisions. Sounds simple. Kind of extraordinary. It's not a law yet. That's why we got to do these things. So, you know, with the 21st Century Cures Act and the reauthorization of PADUPA, PADUFA, the FDA is required to listen to patient voice. The FDA is required to consider the impact on the patients. And some of you are aware that there was even a, a patient-focused drug development meeting for Syngap-1, which there were some issues with, but we'll talk about that later. So the FDA is listening to the patient voice, but when the FDA issues decisions about drugs for Syngap-1, there is currently no law requiring them to explain what impact that patient voice had on their decisions. That's ridiculous. Especially in the case of rare diseases. Because what's in the literature and what the companies are saying is only part of the story. You need to hear from the patient and you need to explain to the patients how their inputs affected your decisions. Really what it's put, that, that makes sense in and of itself. But then you push on that and you recognize that the FDA process isn't really as transparent as it could be. And for those of us whose lives and futures and loved ones are depending on therapies that the FDA will approve, transparency is a good thing. So the Benefit Act really matters. And I'm so glad I showed up and had a chance to speak to the health advisors of these various elected officials about how important the Benefit Act was. The other thing we asked people to fund, I mean, we were throwing around numbers for NCATs, big dollar funding for NCATs, $30 million approval for natural history studies. But one of the asks seems small, one and a half million dollars for the um, Secretary of Health and Human Services office to 
think about and potentially define ultra-rare disease. So as you get involved in rare disease advocacy, you're going to be like, we're a rare disease. We have 500 patients in the U.S., whatever it is. And then you're going to get invited to meetings and suddenly hemophilia shows up and these massive rare cancers show up and then someone else shows up and you're like, wait, what? Rare disease. And they're like, no, no, no. Rare disease is 200,000 or less. And more power to them, right? These diseases like hemophilia and sickle cell, these are big diseases. They need help too, absolutely. But in a sense, we are at another level. We have a handful of patients, only a few hundred. Yes, we're underdiagnosed. Yes, a new family gets diagnosed every week. Yes, one day we'll be at 1,000, and then maybe we'll be at 2,000. But these diseases with hundreds of thousands, over 100,000 patients, are like at another level. And we are treated identically by the FDA, and that's actually a problem. And before you can treat populations differently, you have to describe those populations differently. So if anything with less than 200,000 patients in the U.S. is a rare disease, what's ultra rare? Is it less than 10,000? Is it less than 1,000? Because the back of the envelope on Wall Street is, if you don't have 1,000 patients in the U.S., don't bother. You're, you're not, it's not worth investing against you. Like that's, that's, that's the number people throw around. But Mike, we don't have 1,000. We only have 500. Well, we have much patients in Europe and... We're underdiagnosed and we believe we're going to get more patients faster. But what is, the, what is the actual legal definition of ultra rare and why don't we have that yet? So that was another ask. So the takeaway for you, I'm going to cover a bunch of other things, but the takeaway for you is Rare Disease Week on Capitol Hill is a thing. Every single parent should be there. You don't have to be a rare disease leader. You don't have to be a founder of an organization. You have to be a parent who cares about your loved one who lives in the United States of America, so we have a representative's office to send you to. You can do good work, you can get to know good people, and you can make a difference. It was, the, it was an exceptional couple of days, and I really want you all there next year. Let's, get, let's, let's, let's pack the house with Singapians. And I'll tell you this, Every Life Foundation has travel stipends for every state. And some of those states, the smaller states, they went unused. There, was a, there were free tickets from places like Wyoming and Dakota and wherever. The people didn't use. If you're a Singap family, and you want to come next year, and you can get yourself there, get yourself there. If you have financial stress, sign up in time, ask Every Life for help, they might help you. If you, have a, if you want to come next year, and you've applied to Every Life, and they don't have enough resources for you, call Syngap Research Fund. We will get you there. I want that house packed with Syngapians. Not the kids, the parents. Because remember, we are two or three years away from drugs going through the FDA. We don't just need Mike who having some business cards of people in California. We, I, we need like 50 families. We need every single state covered. We need to be able to make our voices heard to get our drugs approved and funded. And we need to understand what's going on with rare disease in this country. All of us. Put this on your calendar. I'm asking you for two days. This is, this is really important work, and I, I'm just really inspired and motivated by it. Okay, so that's 10 minutes. I should stop here, but I'm not going to because I have other stuff to talk about. Sprint for Syngap is cooking. We have 18 teams. 14 of them have already started raising funds. Team Tavilla is in first place. Phoebe is in second place as of this morning. She didn't, Team Phoebe didn't exist yesterday. I talked to Phoebe's parents in D.C. last week while I was in D.C. They put up a fundraiser yesterday. Today, they launched it. They're already in second place. Sorry about that, Rocco, in third place. Then we got MMA, Teddy, Reef, Grayson, Andrew, Naya, Hope for Hadley, Kai, Sadie, Lizzie, Allison, and Patrick. 
Thank you to those teams who've already started raising money. We're pushing 30 grand, guys. We're pushing 30 grand. That's a big deal. Let me check my math on that. I want to make sure I got that right. Um, yeah, because because fight, Phoebe's fight has just... <laughs> 30... Ding, ding, ding. These little numbers keep adding up. $33,910 as of this recording. Thank you very much. This money is going to go to do great work. We are working on... We've got some really cool grants that the, the board is looking at right now. So thank you for that. Um, okay, so I talked about legislative desk, talked about benefit, talked about Sprint for Syngap. Um, webinars, there's a big webinar on Thursday. There's a big webinar on Thursday from Belgium. So for my European colleagues and um, Dr. Um, Vanderhagen, I wanna say, is talking about um, some new research that they've just come out of his lab about development of Syngap 1 that's on this Thursday. Please join if you can. Citizen, as always, if you're a new family, sign up for Citizen. We need to get all that data in there, ready, ready to go. And um, I got a question about missense mutations. If, if you're a missense family and you didn't listen to the previous episode, please listen to episode 95. Someone called me, they said, Mike, do we really need to make a cell line for as many families as possible? Short answer, yes. And then um, I also had the pleasure of talking to a couple new families recently and someone said to me, you know, I want to help, but I don't, I don't know much about science. Guys, we have so much work going on, it's unfunny. You don't need to know science to project manage a grant system. You don't need to, there, there's families to talk to, there's support to be done, there's fundraisers to be stood up. The, this community is really growing explosively right now. And if you have time and energy to share with us, come and help us make the future better for people with Syngap 1. That's what this is all about. I welcome your questions and your feedback, and I thank you for listening. Take care.